Okay, now I am also recording. <laughs> okay. Really, this is all Adobe's fault. And yeah. I cannot wait for the day when I can cut that cord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, do I have any do I have any fun and wacky things to fill the time with before we start <laughs> the episode properly? I have one. Okay. I no longer trust myself with a potato peeler. <laughs> oh no! You done peeled yourself. <laughs> I did, and both times, it, this is the second incident that I've had with a potato peeler. The first time, it was just my fingernail. <laughs> second time, it was my finger. Oh no. So when my family and I have Thanksgiving the ne <laughs> next week as of recording, uh, I will be handing off any sweet potato or regular potato peeling duties to somewhat else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not nearly as bad as when I first moved out and was washing my knives, and I was very careful to not, like, submerge them in soapy water so I could still see them properly, and then I put them in the other sink for them to be rinsed off later, and oh, then no. forgot that I had put a bunch of knives in a different sink, and so while being able to look at them, just full-on plunged my hand in there and sliced <laughs> open a finger. Oh no, Tanner. And it was fine, but I did need to rewash everything because of blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, my accident happened when I was trying to get some sweet potatoes ready for Friendsgiving. And because I did not know how I did not know what, it, what the status was of the potatoes that I had not peeled yet that were in my sink, I just threw them all away. Because ah. and it was only like two potatoes, but I was like, I am not risking giving my friends whatever illness <laughs> that you get. By bleeding on food. And then I threw away the peeler for good measure. Oh, you could have just, like, washed it, sterilized it. Well. Sick peeler and vodka is totally fine. <laughs> Once is an accident. Twice is a pattern. Three times is an ancient curse. <laughs> exactly. And I don't want it to be an ancient curse, so I'm just gonna buy myself a new peeler next a new peeler next time I go to, like, Walmart or whatever. But I did manage to get a zester for $2, which is great. Ooh. Because I made citrus dry brined turkey for Friendsgiving yesterday. And it turned out great. And you can also use that to get a little twist of a lemon from the sky to put in your cocktails. <laughs> I watch a, a cocktail guy on TikTok, and I don't drink that often. But my drinking is just, I have bought some Mike's Hard Cranberry. Mm-hmm. But I watched it and was like, oh, I want to make a t this, even though it would probably cost me like $100 to get these ingredients that I'll use maybe once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to that. That is why when I drink, <laughs> it is whatever I can get in a can or a bottle. Also, the most recent one he posted, which was for Halloween, so it was a bit ago. But he was mm -hmm. making a cocktail that he, and he was putting it in a wine glass and he mm -hmm. plops the glass down on his countertop and the stem immediately breaks and falls over. <laughs> Oh, I think I saw that one. And then it's just a good five seconds of going between the glass and his face just like, all right then? Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if y'all can hear the click clacking of lozenge inside my mouth, but I've got a lozenge inside my mouth, so. I mean, I cannot. We'll see if it comes through on your audio. <laughs> I got them Werther's. <laughs> mm. Just kidding. It's Hall's. Werther's would probably be bad for a sore throat, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> I think the ones that, yeah, the ones that I have are the Halls cough drops. Oh, no, not Halls. Yeah. It's Ricola. The ones with oh. the herbs in it. Ricola. Ricola. 
Not Fisherman's Friend, because it's impossible to find those in the country. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a Fisherman's Friend cough drop. I once went through an entire bag of them while I was at drama camp. Oh my. I was not wise at drama camp. I was already sick when I left, and then I did not bring anything to entertain myself with during the downtime, because I believe my parents when they said there will be no downtime. And oh, then I also no. was embarrassed by my hair, so I just wore a toque for 48 hours. <laughs> oh, was this bleached? Was this bleached hair, Tanner? No, no, this was, oh, this was middle grade. Our this this was seventh grade. This was when I, the, the drama I was involved in was when I was playing Senator on the left in the Knockoff uh, Hercules musical. Gotcha. So that's when I had really, really long hair. And so I took off my toque mm. and I had massive toque hair. And instead of thinking, oh, I'll put some water in this or I'll comb it or something, I just said, well, put the toque back on and don't remove it until you return home. <laughs> we are leaving Friday. We return Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Oh. We watched Shrek 2 tw twice, there and back. Excellent. No, it wasn't. I can't. This was the long line of situations that arose where I had to watch Shrek 2. I knew that thing by memory that year. I can understand why that would be difficult, <laughs> emotionally and spiritually. I'm just too bad because Shrek 2 is the best Shrek. It is, definitively. Shrek 1 is close. Yes. Hey, remember when I said that you might have to take point in this episode because I have a sore throat and I proceeded to just not shut up during the vamping? <laughs> Who knows how much of this will stay? You're good, you're good. Assuming that Emily has uh, cut most of our tangents, just imagine that I'm my usual talky bitch self. <laughs> I don't know how to shut up. It's the ancient curse. <laughs> in this case, the ancient curse is autism. I thought you were going to say the ancient curse is podcasting. There are many there are many ancient curses to being a podcaster. I don't trust it. Listen, if you if you're neurotypical and you have a podcast, I don't trust you like that. You got to have something. <laughs> Anyways, do you want to talk about Glee? Yeah, let's talk about this movie which is adjacent to Glee. Doubly adjacent to Glee. Let's not talk about Glee. <laughs> let's not talk about Glee. Also, we forgot to sync. Oh shit. <laughs> All right. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. I'm going to put a note in here that says, yeah, sinking begins at eight and a half minutes in. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are going to figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Welcome to Loser Like Me. It's a podcast where we watch Glee, but we've changed things up a little bit. This week, we are watching Lindsay Lohan's The Death of Stalin. <laughs> Just kidding. We're watching that hot new Netflix film, Falling for Christmas, a film that got a lot of negative reviews and wasn't even on any of the trending pages when I tried to find it on the Netflix home screen. <laughs> I was looking, I had to go to the search bar after digging through all- I mean, apparently it was number three on trending movies when I watched it, but I didn't find it on there when I was looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm Christina, and I don't have a bit. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is just going to be an exercise in terror not knowing when to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, it's okay. I will, (laughs) if there's a part where I need to be heard and you are on, and you're on a rip, I will just, (laughs) I won't yell, (laughs) but I'll like ping you or something. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I wouldn't say that this movie is innovative, but it is fun. (laughs) It is, it's a, listen, (laughs) It received negative reviews because it was, like, formulaic and cliched, but babes, it's a Christmas movie, okay? Like, mm-hmm. you don't go into Falling for Christmas expecting Martin Scorsese's Goncharov, okay? You go into it expecting two schmaltzy people to fall in love because real Santa is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've all seen Karina's comic about the Christmas movies. <laughs> I'd argue this is better than those Christmas movies. I would argue that as well, because it's it's fun, and like they got Netflix money, so the production value is higher. <laughs> Which is not to say that like Hallmark Christmas movies are less funded, but I would not say know. that the production was noticeably better than a Hallmark movie. It is noticeably better than Glee. <laughs> oh yeah, the the reason we're watching this on our Glee podcast is because <laughs> a recent it stars recent returning to Glee, Cordover Street. And uh, soon to be on Glee, Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, Falling for Christmas, the film from released on Netflix on November 10th. It was a di- directorial debut by Janine Damien. Mm-hmm. And I think the directing was good. Screenplay yeah. by Jeff Bonnet and Ron Oliver. And I guess that guy's like the evil twin of John Oliver. <laughs> and it stars Lindsay Lohan, George Young, Jack Wagner, Olivia Perez, and Sam from Glee. Nice. So this movie opens at the Belmont Summit Resort, which is an extremely big, very trendy hotel at the top of a mountain. It's also a ski lodge. And we meet Lindsay Lohan, who plays Sierra, the main female character, who is the heiress to this entire hotel. And presumably they have other locations as well. Or else they just charge ridiculous prices here. Yeah, I, my first note was that the lodge looks like a small town, and then further into the movie, I realized, oh no, these are just exterior shots of the small town. Mm-hmm. They're in a they're in a place, an Aspen town called Summit Springs. Mm-hmm. It's at the summit. It is, and we get this montage of Sierra waking up, like she wakes up and presses the button to open the curtains automatically, and lays in bed until she is greeted by the vice president of customer relations or something like that. He's like the head of the glam squad that her father assembled for her. Yes. She, yeah, she's, this Belmont is no vampire hunter. <laughs> that she is not. It would take a long time for her to become a vampire hunter, I suspect. Her dad? Maybe? Maybe he's already one. We don't know. Maybe that's how he got his start. <laughs> this is all, the the only ethical billionaire because he got all his money from Dracula. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, she has this like getting ready routine where she's like, "Uh, I'm dissatisfied with my life. I just have so much money and my dad wants to make me the vice president of atmosphere for his company, but I want to be known for more than my last name." She says this as she is being spoon-fed caviar and champagne for breakfast. Yeah, because her nails are soaking in uh, the nail water. I don't know. I don't do nail care. Probably, like, warm water to get cuticles ready for 
preparing that kind of a thing. Um, sure. I don't know what a cuticle is, but I feel like if a manicurist looked at mine, they'd quit. <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably say that about mine too, so solidarity. <laughs> And Sierra says all of this while she's on a phone call with her boyfriend, Tad, who is an influencer with an accent. He's a nasty British boy. Yes. And he's also incredibly self-obsessed. And uh, he's in a limo on his way to the lodge now. I guess they're going to be spending Christmas together. Because, of course, it's a Christmas movie. So this is, let's say it starts on December 20th. That that timeline does work out. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the owner of the lodge and Sierra's dad, Mr. Belmont, who is like a, <laughs> he looks like he used to work on the cast of Baywatch. <laughs> really? Like he has like the, like the old tanned surfer vibes is what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, okay. Cause the, the vibe I got off of him was like, oh, this is a slightly more expensive actor than the dad from Life with Derek. See, I don't know Life of Derek. So that was my touch point. <laughs> oh, maybe we should watch Life with Derek when we finish Glee. We can put it on the list. This is not the dinner. Okay, anyways. <laughs> we get to find him where he is at the top of the ski slope, and he is approached by Jake Russell, played by Glee's own Cord Overstreet. It's not to be confused with Jack Russell from Werewolf by Night. <laughs> or Jack Russell Terriers, the dog. Damn, it's almost like they named the werewolf after the dog. <laughs> Or Jake, our friend. Did you know that I used to have a dog named Jake and I used to have a Jack Russell, but they were not the same dog? Ooh. And the dog named Jake was named after Jake from Animorphs. But then when we got the Jack Russell, we named him Elwood after the Blues Brother. Because <laughs> my parents wouldn't let me name the dog accidentally Eskeroth as though. <laughs> I mean, Elwood is not too far off from Elfanger, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he was the little brother. Aw, that's true. That you'll, Yeah, maybe next time I get a pet, I'll name a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. Anyways, <laughs> we're only two minutes into this movie. <laughs> Jake Russell is there, he's at the slopes. He goes up to uh, Simon Belmont, no, Beauregard Belmont. And he's <laughs> like, Mister, uh, you must be the Belmont. I've left you 15 messages with your secretary about a business venture. And he's like, I'll only discuss this with you if you beat me at the slopes. Mm -hmm. And I have a ski race to the bottom. <laughs> There's a skiing sequence that I didn't watch because I was busy writing notes. <laughs> and Jake loses. But, but, but Mr. Belmont, I'm just going to call him. So, so Simon Belmont says that I'll talk anyways. <laughs> and Jake's pitch is that, hey, Mr. Belmont, invest in my smaller lodge that's in this town, because it, like studies show that people who don't have money learn to ski at the cheap lodges, and then when they can make money being the skiers, they go to the fancy lodges. So this just helps you expand your customer base. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't have a business degree, but that sounds like a reasonable line of logic. Yeah. And Simon Belmont says, uh, sorry, Jake, I can't do that because I have my own investors to be accountable for. And like, they kind of like walk and talk and he gets Jake a hot chocolate and says, but hey, thanks for letting me win on the slopes because it was a secret test of character. Exactly. Also, when they go into the resort, Jake says it looks like SpaceX in here, which is, <laughs> it looks like a normal hotel. Like, sure, it's probably really classy, and that's probably, like, the service and amenities, but the actual hotel, it just looks like a normal fancy hotel. And I don't know what that says about SpaceX. <laughs> I, I feel like the SpaceX 
joke was because like the the changing room for skiers is very like space pod e. It's very like white, and the door is like an. We've never been to SpaceX. <laughs> well, I can't think of the name of the shape, but it's like like a re- like a door. The door is a rectangle with like curved corners, that's rounded the shape. corners. I think I'm pretty sure that's what the shape is called. I can't remember there was a special name for it, like parallel the grim. Or... No, well, no, parallel the grim is a completely different creature. I know that. I feel like we are getting hung up on the wrong things in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> as jake goes to leave after being dismissed because i don't talk to people who make less money than me <laughs> even though it's not the vibes that it's coming across off but it's still a dismissal we then cut to sierra who is in a like a red like jumpsuit with big sleeves and a big hat and sunglasses as she does a strut around the halls looking for tad and then she runs of course Straight into Jake, and some of the whipped cream from his hot chocolate gets on her dress, and this is the end of the world. Yep. Because it's hot couture. <laughs> no, it's hot cocoa. <laughs> um, and then Tad finds them, and he starts freaking out and trying to, like, scrub the stain off of her dress. Mm-hmm. Jake is trying to apologize. Security comes over. It's like, is everything all right? And Tad is the one who says, I'm a little freaked out, but I think I'll make it. <laughs> He also calls Jake a local yokel, which is a turn of phrase that delighted me. <laughs> and as Jake is offering, like, hey, I can go get you some club soda. I can maybe pay to have that dry cleaned. And they say, no, get out of here. Farewell. And Sierra is trying to talk to Tad and Tad's being self-centered. So she storms off. And this is what this is the part where I put in my notes. I think Tad is short for Tadpole. <laughs> See, I was I was spelling it in my notes T H A D because like mm-hmm. that's a name, but no, apparently in the credits it's just T A D, like Tad's dreams. <laughs> Maybe that's why they picked it. They were like, "Oh, this sounds like a streamer name, Tad." <laughs> he's not even a stream. Like, I think if he was a streamer, we would tell if he was he's a streamer. This guy is like a like a lifestyle influencer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He's on that famous for being famous track. Yes, absolutely. And then we get to have an awkward dinner with Sierra and Simon Belmont and Tad. Yeah. And because because they have to have a side of the table open to film, it is an oval-shaped table, and Sierra and Tad are at the longest points. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Can we, can we sit you at the pho- photography staging table? <laughs> Apparently they didn't have money for that because they had to pay for the green screen later <laughs> and the stunts. I guess there would have been a green screen. I didn't notice. I, For a rom-com, this had a lot of practical effects. It did, yeah. As far as I can tell. Dinner is just a conversation about how, about how Sierra wants more out of life, and Tad wants them to get engaged, and they've been dating for almost a year, and Simon Belmont is like, you're gonna marry, you're gonna marry a man who I'm just meeting now, and who you've only been in a relationship with for a year? And she's like, Daddy, I love him! And I also want to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, important important note that'll be important for later is that both Sierra and Tad say no thank you to having bacon on their salads, because they don't do bacon. <sighs> Anyways, while this is happening, we cut over to the North Star Lodge. Jake mm-hmm. is sad because uh, Simon Belmont was literally the last resort to fund their last resort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then his yet-to-be-named mother-in-law and daughter are there. And I just mm-hmm. I just want to take a moment. So, mother-in-law is Latina. 
So daughter is also Latina. Mom is clearly dead. You can tell right from the scene, mom is dead. She died of Hallmark movie dead mom disease. And I'd just like to point out, there's an, there's, there is another Netflix Hallmark Christmas movie that's come out called Christmas With You or Christmas Without You. One of the two. It's got Freddie Prince Jr. in it. And he is also a white guy with a dead Latina mom and his Latina daughter and the Latina mother-in-law living in close proximity. And it's like... <laughs> Look, nobody said this movie was original. No, but I, this is a concerning pattern. Like, if I see a third Christmas movie with a dead Latina mom, I'm gonna be, like, a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. So you gotta stop wearing your hair in a side pony. <laughs> You're just asking for it. Anyways, yeah. We see this, as Jake gets back to the lodge, we see this nice little montage where it's like, hey, the North Star Lodge is one where it's one where they're truly more than co-workers. Like, everybody's on good terms with each other. And he says hi to the horse, who says hi back. Yep. By which I mean, like, Winnie's, you know. No, it's a talking horse. <laughs> God, that'd be wild. <laughs> Would it be wild for this movie? <laughs> Maybe less wild than some events in this movie. <laughs> anyway, his daughter and his mother-in-law are off to the Christmas wish tree. And he says, hey, go get me a miracle. And this is where I wrote, mom's gone, of course. <laughs> yep. We see Jake settle down in his office with a very fancy angel Christmas tree topper hidden in the drawer. And it's all lots of like, it's all wood paneling and natural light. And it's very cozy, which it's is cozy the point. Fuck. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And then we cut to, we have to cut back up to the top of the mountain where Sierra meets up with Simon Belmont before he goes to the airport for business. And she tries to quit the job that, or she tries to turn down the job that he was offering her, vice president of atmosphere. Yeah. But she chickens out at the last minute. <laughs> Earlier she said that she's pretty sure he just made that job up so that she'd have something to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, she doesn't, she wants it to be for her own merits, not just, like, a handout. Exactly. And while they're in his office, uh, she sees the snow globe that her own dead mom, that's right, we already have two moms <laughs> who died from Hallmark mom disease. <laughs> who dies more? Moms in Christmas movies or Sean Bean? <laughs> or moms in animes. <laughs> I think moms in animes wins just by sheer volume at that point. We gotta get Sean Bean to voice a mom in a Christmas anime. <laughs> this character is marked for, marked for death from the casting call. Exactly. Uh, anyways, yeah, they, they see the snow globe and they reminisce about mom. Like, ah, oh, she was so great. And then it's like, uh, she made me promise to always take care of you, and so I will. Anyways, I'll be back by Christmas Eve. You be safe. And Sierra mm -hmm. says, don't worry, I'll be in good hands. I'll be in Tad's hands. And the dad is like, <laughs> will you be though? And then Tad, we we then cut to Tad in his limo. Wait, no, not his limo, in his truck. And he almost runs over Terry, the glam squad manager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, he, he nearly runs over a bellhop first and Terry jumps in front of the truck to stop him. <laughs> oh, that's right. And then Sierra leaves, well, exits the hotel. She is in a pink faux fur ski ensemble with a giant hat. Yep. Which I'm assuming is to hide the crash helmet. And Tad is in a faux fur checked jacket. They're off to do some... They're supposed to go skiing, but Tad instead has a snowmobile on the back of no, his trailer. They were, they were supposed to do a photo... They were doing a photo shoot to announce mm. their engagement. 
And they were originally supposed to do it at the hotel, and then Tad had a great idea to make it look like they had gone skiing instead, because important note, neither of them actually ski. Yes, very important note. Anyway, they say, <laughs> I think I think this is the part where Sierra says, like, oh, like, when we get back, I will want to not be disturbed, so just bring dinner up to my room, to Terry. And then they get in the lim- they get in the truck, not the limo, and drive away. And Tad drives his whole trailer over the bellhop's foot, probably breaking it. I hope they sue. Oh no, that's a lawsuit. <laughs> Absolutely, sue Tad. And while also while they're driving, uh, Jingle Bell Walk is playing, and mm-hmm. Sierra's like, "This is my favorite song," and she turns it up to sing along. And Tad keeps mm-hmm. turning it down. Eventually, just switches the station. Yeah. They, because he's like, oh, you're not a good singer, darling. You know, in, in case you couldn't tell that Tad is not the correct love interest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for multiple reasons. <laughs> uh, but the music in on the radio is as subtle as a Glee episode, because when Tad changes the music away from Jingle Bell Rock, we cut to them singing. I forget what the name of the song is, but it, like the part I remember is, I'm all out of love. <laughs> It's yeah. Like, yes, you are indeed out of love. But air supply. <laughs> yes. And then we cut to the bottom of the mountain, where we see Jake taking two lovebirds on a sleigh ride. Yeah. Wee! The guy's extremely concerned with the safety, and the girl d- does not care at all. Mm-hmm. Because he brought cookies and chocolate. <laughs> exactly. Um, A little piece of the sleigh falls off, and the guy's freaking out. He's like, this thing's unstable. And then Jake's like, have a gingerbread cookie. And the girlfriend's like, yes, please shut up and have a gingerbread cookie. We're fine. (laughs) Yeah, but off they go. And then we cut to uh, hashtag sponsored by Mustang as the truck stops at the Overlook, where it turns out that Tad drove them to a mountaintop because he saw another influencer post about being on this specific mountaintop. And it was very pretty. And so he wants to use this as their staging location. Yeah. First they try and get up there with the snowmobile. And Tad, being Tad, tries to voice activate the snowmobile. Mm-hmm. Sierra has to, like, smack him to get him to realize, no, like, put some effort into it, ding dong. <laughs> it's not voice activated, Tad! And then we get to, we get some shots of them snowmobiling to a remote secondary location with no cell phone service. Yeah, also, like, so on the drive there, Sierra keeps getting smacked in the face by branches. Then they get lost, and Tad won't accept that he's lost. And then when they keep trekking up, they pass a sign that was snow-covered until they walked past it, so they didn't see the, 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 that the sign said, Danger! Don't enter! Mm-hmm. Don't do mm-hmm. it! <laughs> and then we cut away from the obviously doomed lovebirds to the wishing tree, <laughs> where just a whole-ass Santa Claus is serving hot roasted chestnuts. <laughs> Real Santa! We cannot exaggerate enough how much this is the real Santa Claus. Like, okay, it's not so much that the characters know it's real Santa. They don't even make a comment like, oh, you look like Santa. But it is very clearly, uh, we know what movie this is. This is Santa and he's real and he's here. Yes. And he's about to commit murder. (laughs) Attempted murder. But they show up in there. We we kind of like intercut between between mother-in-law and daughter at the wishing tree and tad and sierra on the mountaintop where tad proposes on this perfectly rounded snow-covered hill with a giant ring and puts it on sierra's finger before she can say yes (laughs) it's too big it's this giant like 
yellow, like yellowish, probably cubic zirconia or moissanite if I had to guess. No, no, it like, it's probably real, but it's something fancier than diamond because Tad is like that. But he's also a rich bastard. Yes. And they start trying to get their framing so they can take a selfie with like, we're engaged. <laughs> but then at the bottom of the mountain, the daughter puts her wishing ornament onto the tree. And we don't see what she wrote because you can't say what a wish is before it comes true. Otherwise, it won't come true at all. And and again, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and real Santa puts his finger along the side of his nose and winks. And Santa makes a magic wind to blow the scrap of paper away. And I thought the paper was going to blow into Sierra's face and cause the plot. <laughs> but... No, the wind just takes the scrap of paper away and we cut back to a storm picking up on the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, that's the paper. Santa summoned a blizzard. <laughs> a blizzard of a thousand paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and because Sierra and Tad do not know how to ski, Sierra is in <laughs> in a use of green screen. Uh, Sierra gets blown backwards off the mountaintop. <laughs> And Tad tries to help her, like, grab her hand, but instead he just pulls off the ring that didn't fit right. Exactly. And he falls into a snow hole, and she falls back first down the mountain. I was fully prepared to believe that Tad was just dead now. Honestly, me too. <laughs> yeah, Sierra falls off an entire mountain. I mean, okay, she it's not a straight palm into the ground, or else she would have been salsa. No, <laughs> It's a princess bride tumble down the mountain. <laughs> she she does princess bride down an entire mountain before mm -hmm. cracking her head on a tree in such a way that it probably should have caused serious spinal damage. Yes. Thank God all that faux fur cushioned her head. <laughs> Thank God this is a Christmas movie where no one can actually die. Except for the mothers. They're fair game. No one can die on screen. <laughs> True. And also Tad fell down as well, but he just ended up in a heap somewhere. Yeah. Separate <laughs> from Sierra. And then we cut to... Cord, not Cord, we cut to Jake, who is played by Cord, and his sleigh ride coming up, and they're singing carols all the way, and then, look, is that a dead body? <laughs> and so he does the right thing, which is check for obvious wounds and then call in the ski patrol. Yeah. And the anxious guy in the sleigh is about to have a panic attack. Yeah, and I mean, the girl is also concerned, too. Yes, she's concerned. She is less obviously anxious about it. <laughs> I think it would have been funny if she was really into it. This also, like, oh, yes. True crime. <laughs> the only thing that can make Christmas better. A corpse. <laughs> but yeah, so we get to the hospital. The sheriff is there and they're, him and Jake are talking to the doctor. And the doctor's like, okay, so the good news, she only had a concussion and physically she's fine. The bad news is that she's forgotten everything about herself. And so <laughs> she has amnesia. I have amnesia. But yeah. So the the other issue, yeah, she has amnesia. She remembers basic things like how to be a human being. Unfortunately, she also remembers her personality, which was a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And she's throwing a fit, and the poor attending, either doctor or nurse, is trying to run tests and she says no you don't touch me i don't know what's going on who are you don't touch me don't look at me i'm fine i need to leave and they're like okay what's your name uh, uh, okay where do you live uh, uh. and they specifically mentioned that she wasn't carrying any id and they don't have any fingerprints on record for the state so she 
has never been jailed and she have she has never been employed. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, your options are maybe you can stay at the hospital, but then the the head doctor says, no, she is going. <laughs> she is not yeah. staying here. <laughs> Whoever wants her can take her. Yep. <laughs> she she does try to try to couch it and like. Maybe if you do normal things, your memory will come back. But also, it's like, get this mm-hmm. bitch out of here. <laughs> hey, free rom-com protagonist. <laughs> free rom-com protagonist. Literally free rom-com love interest to a good home. <laughs> and the good home is the North Star Lodge with Jake. Yeah, it does not have room service. <laughs> yes, and she says, I'm not about to follow you to some murder cabin in the woods. And Cordover Street has the best shocked face. Like, he does a shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> but, but then the sheriff is like, no, this is Jake Russell. Everyone in town loves him. He's, he's the greatest person in the fucking city. <laughs> Look at him. He's Cordover Street. <laughs> Look at him. You can trust this guy. <laughs> and so they decide to set off. And then we cut to Tad, who is trying to record his last will and testament on his phone, which dies. Yeah, and then a squirrel mocks him. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, nature in my nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back, back at society, uh, Sierra's in the lodge, which is full of yodeling clocks. <laughs> it's a fun little cuckoo clock. It is. Uh, she gets a bunch of abandoned Christmas clothes from the lost and found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jake's mother-in-law then takes her to a guest room, which is filled with tchotchkes. <laughs> and as Sierra is trying to. Uh, Trying to get settled, she opens the curtain and sees a raccoon puppet and gets spooked, tears the entire curtain off the rod, and falls backwards over the easy chair. Yep. Also, I will say, like, for, for all the guff they give the North Star, this room is really nice. It really is. Like, she has a full-ass Christmas tree, fully decorated in there. Yes. It's one of those places where it's like, I feel like the concern is like the financial concern is the upkeep but also like utility bills perhaps <laughs> yeah they're running out of detergent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and meanwhile <laughs> tad <laughs> tad is dead but despite this he still managed to stumble into a man's fishing hut <laughs> yes he emerges from the woods and finds a fishing cottage on the ice and he storms in claiming sanctuary uh, but the guy in there, Ralph, he doesn't have a phone or a charger because he doesn't trust them, but he can mm-hmm. give him some coffee. <laughs> and notably, when when Tad, snow-covered, probably looking like a snow beast with his faux fur jacket, uh, busted open the door, Ralph threw a box of fishing lures at Tad, which is the right response. Yeah, and one of them hooked directly into his eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, so <laughs> this is clue number two. And then Ralph is like, do you want me to take that lure out of your face? Which lure? Oh, I see it now. And then he faints. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, a correct response. Because that shit hurts. I'm not speaking from experience, but... <laughs> One can assume that having a fish hook in your face is not ideal. Absolutely. It's not the kind of fish hook I want to deal with. Anyways, Sierra wakes up and she's like, oh, it was a dream. And she has the muscle memory of when she, like, had her, uh, was in the hotel when the movie mm-hmm, opened. Mm-hmm. And she grabs the remote, thinking that she would, I don't know, the deep part of her Open brain the is curtains. thinking she's opening the curtains. Instead, <laughs> yeah. she turns on the TV, and conveniently she turns it on to Netflix, where they're playing the Rose McIver Christmas movie. <laughs> they are. I heard the Netflix. The Netflix, like, Doo! and They I did was like, the ta real loud. 
they did, uh, and she freaks out. And a touch that I liked here was that she also kept the muscle memory of, I have to have a sleep mask on, and she was doing that with a fuzzy sock over her eyes instead of a mask. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice that, but that is cute. It is. But then she's freaking out and screaming, and the daughter, whose name we finally get, I don't have however many minutes in this movie, her name is Abby, and uh, she introduces herself to the person formerly known as Sierra. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Sierra's like, do you have anything that I can use to dry my hair? And she says, sure. And Abby lets Sierra borrow her hair dryer, and also lets her borrow the name of one of her stuffed animals, who is Sarah. So Sierra is dead. Sarah is my friend now. <laughs> exactly. And then Abby shows her a picture. It's like, yeah, th- this is my dead mom. She died two years ago from dead mom disease. But sometimes <laughs> I talk to the picture. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, because again, even if she doesn't have the exact memories, to pull a Kingdom Hearts, her heart remembers the people that she's lost. And so she can empathize. And then they go down to breakfast and Jake is cooking and... They're like, oh, Sarah, what do you like for breakfast? And she says, oh, I'll try to cook something myself. Because if I do normal things, that'll help me get my memory back. But she's never known how to cook her own breakfast, so. She has never done a normal thing in her life. Yeah. She puts an irresponsible amount of cooking oil in this frying pan and tries to crack eggs on the side of the pan. They explode onto her and Jake. (laughs) She, like, slam dunks them into the pan. (laughs) She does. And Jake says, ah, how about you let me cook? And you go sit down. And Abby says, you should try some bacon. And she says, bacon's not my thing. And Abby points out, well, if you have amnesia, how do you know if you don't like it if you've never had it? And my note here is, good thing she's not kosher. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are plenty of exceptions in things like kosher and halal, and I'm pretty sure one of those would be, I have amnesia and forgot about (laughs) dietary restrictions. True, true. I think we should be happy that wasn't, like, a food allergy. Oh god, yeah. My love interest forgot she was allergic to peanuts, and now she's died. (laughs) God. But... This is also the part where, thank God, I had been concerned earlier that Jake knew who Sierra was, but wasn't saying anything. But this is the part where he says, I feel like I've seen her before, but I don't think we ever were introduced and I don't know who she is. Yeah, and that actually, it makes sense because when he saw her, mm-hmm. it was like, she was wearing the big hat, she had big glasses, mm-hmm. and most of the time she was looking down at the stain on her dress, and like, in the brief moment when she started looking up, Tad got between the two of them. So it's entirely feasible mm-hmm. that Jake hardly saw, d- definitely did not see enough of her to recognize her. Yeah. I was, when when I heard about the amnesia thing, I was expecting this to be a lot more like Overboard. Do you know the movie Overboard? I feel like I've heard about it. I don't think I've seen it. It's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. And the premise is that Goldie Hawn, she is a wealthy heiress. And she hires Kurt Russell to build a new, like, shoe cupboard for her. But then after he does so, she refuses to pay him because it's not made of the wood that she wanted. Mm -hmm. And so she, like, they get into a sparring match and she throws his tools over the boat. Because it's like a coast town and she's moved in on the, uh, she's like just visiting on her boat. Anyways, uh, later that night, she accidentally herself falls overboard and hits her head and washes up in the hospital. Her fiancé 
finds her there and decides not to claim her because he wants to keep having affairs with younger women. So then Kurt Russell sees the news story about her and he's like, ah, I have a great idea for revenge. I gotta tell her that she's my wife and I'm gonna force her to do tasks around the house because she is a rich heiress and has never done anything proper in her life. God. How is that a- that that doesn't feel like a romantic comedy, that feels like a drama. (laughs) I'm going to gaslight this woman into believing that she's my wife. (laughs) And that isn't- that is a slight issue, but it is important to note that he's he's also a single dad of three, and part of the task is please mother my children, and- she, hmm. Like, she assumes that she needs to sleep with, like, because she thinks she is his wife, she keeps trying to sleep with him, and he's like, no, 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 you're not sleeping with me whatsoever. And mm-hmm. so, and like, when they finally do sleep together, it's, like, deep into the movie, she's still the one who initiates it, and it's, at, at, like, at a point where they have legitimately fallen in love. It's a very, like, yeah, there's some iffy stuff in it, but it's a legitimately cute movie, and you should watch it. And then afterwards, you should go watch my friend Serge's video essay comparing it to Seven Wives or Seven Brothers, which is a slightly more <laughs> fear movie, and yet, hashtag non-spawn. <laughs> Anyways, okay, you need to take point again, because I ain't another lozenge. No, you're good. We we then cut to the, back up to the hotel, because Terry and the security people show up to Sierra's room. Uh, they're wondering where she went because she's not responding when they try to knock on the door. And they use the security key card to get in. And it turns out that there was a uh, that there was a flower arrangement that had been delivered to her room while they were gone. And it says something like, oh, can't wait to go on a vacation with you from Tad. So they're like, where did Tad take her? <laughs> and then speaking of Tad. Well, actually, but sorry, sorry. I have one more <laughs> diatribe to go on. <laughs> Go for it. Are you familiar with Josef Stalin? <laughs> I have heard. I have heard tales of him, yes. <laughs> Do you know how he died? Uh, taken to a secondary location by a romantic partner? <laughs> nope, 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 nope. He told his guards, I do not want to be disturbed. Do not enter my room under any circumstances. And he was also infamous for, like, doing secret tests of character. Or was like he'd try and bait people into disregarding his orders and then have them punished for disregarding his orders. Anyway, so he tells the guards outside of his office, do not disturb me for any reason whatsoever. And then he, uh, while there, no one's in there, he has a stroke. Oh. And yeah, he, <laughs> he, he I mean, he was not a great person. So no. it's kind of karmic that he suffers a horrible slow death from that. Mm-hmm. While they hear him bang around. And are, t- like, telling each other, we cannot disturb him. He's Stalin. <laughs> Anyways, the moral of the story is, even if you do not want to be disturbed, you need to give at least one person exception privileges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find the person to give your exception privileges to. Also, maybe keep your contact info on you in case you get amnesia! <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. We then, after the whole... Where did she go? We then cut to Tad, who wakes up in Ralph's fishing shack, and he he stumbles through the woods, wrapped in a blanket. First, though, first he <laughs> sees a newspaper cl- he sees a newspaper clipping inside the shack about the moon landing, uh-huh. and the way he reacts to it implies that he did not know that we had landed on the moon before. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Just from sheer, I don't need to know this. This isn't relevant to me. And they head to... Uh, Tad is like, Ralph, where are we going? Can we reach civilization? And Ralph's like, nah, truck's dead. 
Gotta hike to the nearest road and hitchhike to town. So buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> also, Ralph is gonna prepare some fish for breakfast, but Tad doesn't do fish. Mm-hmm. So Ralph throws a hatchet at his face. <laughs> Which he catches. And tells him to hunt some squirrel. Yes. And it's just like, for, for a half second I thought, oh, Tad's going to catch the hatchet in his face. <laughs> but no, <laughs> he ca- he catches it like a regular person would, in theory. We can- <laughs> Every time it cuts to Tad, I like how we both expected this to just turn into some kind of snuff film. <laughs> Kind of. Partially because the movie is very dedicated to the fact that, like, look, to the moral, not the fact, that social media is not all that you should base your life around. And they're not wrong, but... Otherwise you'll die in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. We then cut back to the North Star Lodge, where Jake's mother-in-law, who finally has a name, it is Alejandra, she tells him that there's been another cancellation, and uh, Sarah wanders in. And she's sad because nobody's tried to find her yet. <laughs> and then she remembers the part that the doctor said about, oh, maybe you, maybe doing normal things will get your memory back. And Jake had been lamenting that they don't have a housekeeper. And he says, hmm, normal things. I have an idiot for normal things. Just like Overboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to a failure montage of Sarah trying to put a fitted sheet on a bed, which is relatable. <laughs> Trying and failing to rack skis, trying and failing to clean a toilet, which ends up breaking, (laughs) trying and failing to do the laundry. She pours an inordinate amount of detergent in the top-loading laundry machine, and then turns around and hits the entire jug of detergent in there. And my note here was, hope her dad pays for all the property damage when she remembers who she is. Oh, hope so. I mean, if not, she could probably pay once she gets her memory and her credit card back. This is also true. And then we cut to what I just wrote down at first as Ralph and Tad's suffer hike. (laughs) And then... Tad is fully prepared to let nature consume him, but then Ralph gives him his snowshoes. And how does he do this, Tanner? Oh, he, like, while Tad is, like, just splayed across the ground, Ralph grabs Tad's feet, clips the shoes on, click, click, and then pulls Tad all the way up. And Tad's like, but what about you? And Ralph says, ah, it's okay. I got big feet. And then Tad goes, hmm. And uh, now I switch from I fully expect Tad to die to I fully expect Tad to get seduced by Ralph the Mountain Man. Uh, Yeah. God, this movie is wild. (laughs) We then cut back to the back to the North Star Lodge where Sarah and Abby have a cute moment where... Abby is having problems with trying to get her hair done, and Sarah says, hey, let me help, because she has a memory of her mom helping her doing her hair when she was little. And she kind of, like, says the same things that her mom said about how, like, something about how, like, like tackling problems like they're small things instead of big things, and everything will work out okay. And it's very cute. But then the washer gets busted, and Jake gets mad. <laughs> And Sarah goes to vent to Balthazar the horse, who is a very pretty horse. (laughs) I really feel like there is a deleted scene in here, or that maybe even just the Tad and Ralph scene should have been, like, between the washing machine overloading and the horse commiseration, because it really does feel like Sarah just kind of (laughs) teleported out to Balthazar's stable. It's a hard cut. The editing- I I do gotta say, the editing in this movie is a little hanky. Also, Mm -hmm. Lindsay Lohan- She's a fine actress. She can emote good, but I feel like she's reading all of her lines just a little too fast. Maybe. 
I think that's probably a fair judgment. I just wasn't paying that close of attention to be able to agree or disagree. <laughs> I was watching this with a film critic's eye. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah. Sarah commiserates with Balthazar the horse. She calls herself a useless human being, but then she thanks him for listening and goes to get some firewood. She mm-hmm. doesn't know that Jake was in the stable the whole time listening to her. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is trying to carry firewood back to the house because she's like, look, this is one thing that I can do. I can carry firewood. <laughs> and then she drops one of the logs, tries to pick no, them she, all up. <laughs> she slips on the steps and drops everything. Oh, yeah. So that's a bruised tailbone right there. Yeah. She's going to have double amnesia. <laughs> Head amnesia and ass amnesia. Oh no! <laughs> the ass forgets, but the heart remembers. <laughs> God. But Jake hears her fall and runs over to check in because he's a good guy. Yeah, and he apologizes for what he said before. And mm. I, I really like this about Jake, is that whenever he gets frustrated, he immediately po- apologizes to anyone nearby who may have accidentally taken his like emotions out around. And explains why he is frustrated, but it's also clear that it's not that person's fault that he is frustrated. Yes. This is positive masculinity. He is a man who apologizes. Damn, a decent guy. (laughs) Made me a freak like that. (laughs) Same. But it's Sierra, not, not Sierra, excuse me, Sarah is like, it's been two days. Why hasn't anybody tried to find me yet? I feel so alone. And Jake says, you know what? Let's go to the Christmas market. Maybe people in town will recognize you. So then we cut to the Christmas market where Santa Chestnut sees them and he's just like, ooh, in the sense of, oh, hello, the person whose wish I am making come true is here. Yeah. <laughs> and Abby wanders off and then we get backstory dump from Jake, <laughs> which is basically that his late wife's name was Carla and the North Star Lodge has been in her side of the family for at least two generations. So they're trying really hard to keep it up, but it is a lot of work and a lot of upkeep and a lot of bills. (laughs) And then Avi is looking at a very, very nice sleigh, but uh, Jake takes a look at the price tag and says, Ooh, this is out of our price range. And then Santa Chestnut turns out is minding the the stall for his friend, who is the one who does all the woodworking. And then also Sarah sees a snow globe that maybe starts to stir some memories, and so Jake is like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, ah, and he says, let's buy you that snow globe, because clearly it reminds you of something important, even if you don't know what it is. <laughs> and then we cut to tree lighting time, because they have a very big Christmas tree that they have to light, uh, and the local marching band plays Christmas music, and the mayor gives a speech and invites a cute little girl from the audience to come up and push the button to light the Christmas tree, and then... I think they shoot off fireworks, maybe, but they all sing Joy to the World. Why did they sing Joy to the World? I don't know. It's Christmas. It's a Christmas song, but it's also like a religious Christmas song. So, I don't know. When my city lit the Christmas tree on Thursday, the song they started off with was rocking around the Christmas tree. (laughs) But maybe they didn't have the rights to that. (laughs) You know... For a script that does manage to do a lot of clever things, I'm surprised they didn't have them sing Jingle Bell Rock, the song that Sierra said was her favorite Christmas song. It's because they did it at the beginning, they didn't want to repeat. But no, but they sh- they should repeat. Maybe maybe if they'd played it while she'd had amnesia, she would have flashed back to Mean Girls instead. <laughs> oh no! Oh, was that what the reference was? <laughs> That's what the reference was! I didn't even think about that! 
Lindsay Lohan said, hey, we should do Jingle Bell Rock. And they said, bet. <laughs> Still, though, that's that's good. That's set up and payoff that like you have Jingle Bell Rock playing because uh, everyone's singing except for Sarah. And then Jake says, I can't hear you sing. And she goes, oh, I can't sing. And he says, who told you that? And she's like, good point. Lie to the bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But they, they should have sang Jingle Bell Rock. They and it would have been like a good moment of literary connectivity. Yes, something. another good parallel to show how Jake is the right man for Sierra exactly. and Sarah. And then we cut back to the lodge after they've had a great time at the Christmas market. And yeah. they tuck Abby in. Well, I say they, I mean Jake tucks Abby in. And then he and Sarah have a fireside chat. Where ba- it, basically it's like the beginnings of like, oh, I might have feelings for you, but neither of us wants to press the issue. So Sarah says, I don't think I've met anyone like you before because I don't remember it. And then they say, okay, well, think about these feelings later. Bye. And then the the next day Sarah wakes up and she is committed to being normal. Mm-hmm. She has a montage. She makes the bed. She makes pancakes with a cuddle assist from Jake. This is truly, like, the first time I can say, you know, she's being so normal about this, but it's, like, genuine and not me being silly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sarah does laundry perfectly with Abby's help. They all sing carols together. They decorate a gingerbread house to have a food fight. And Jake tries to teach Sarah how to ski. And she does okay for a few seconds, but then goes down a much smaller hill. And Jake chases after her and gets her to stop, and they... Do the thing where they collapse into into the snow on their sides and they laugh. And it's very adorable. Very much like, oh no, oh no, we fell next to each other. Better not catch feelings over this. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the day is done, people are heading out. I think it's the couple from the sleigh ride. Yeah, they've been popping up every now and then because they also like earlier when Sarah first came out of the rooms, they greeted her and they're like, are you okay? And she's like, do you know me? And they're like, no, we just found your corpse. And she's like, oh, okay, that thanks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now they're leaving and they're like, say bye, Sarah. And she's like, bye, thanks for staying at the North Star. Because she's like fully become, I am now your assistant, Jake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, hotels? I know hotels. Why? I don't know, but I do. Yep. And then she hears someone crying and she goes and finds Alejandra crying over the memory book, like a scrapbook of like news articles and past guests who have stayed at the hotel. And... She mentions that they might have to sell the lodge because, like, even though they are very popular, they just aren't having the guests to bring revenue in. Yeah, they're popular with the town, but the town doesn't actually stay at the lodge. It's, it's the whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Yeah, they need they need um, vacationers. They don't need locals. <laughs> exactly. And then she goes to have a... She goes, like, blow her nose or whatever and has Sarah put the book back in Jake's desk. Where Sarah finds the angel tree topper, and uh, Jake mentions that it was something that he and his wife bought together. But it sounds like immediately after they bought this angel Christmas tree topper, she started getting sick. Yep. And passed, and he hasn't had the heart to put it back up, <laughs> or he hasn't found the right person to put it back up with. Oh man! Look again. This is a this is a Christmas rom com. Subtlety <laughs> is dead. <laughs> Subtlety is dead, and Christmas killed it. <laughs> And Jake's like, I can't deal with my feelings right now. Do you want to go volunteer? Yes. And they go volunteer at a toy drive. Yeah. 
Sarah meets Jake's Christmas girlfriend, Louise, who's like a work girlfriend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, wow, Sarah, Jake just gives so much to this town. He donates so much money, but he won't let us give back to help him. And Sarah's like, hmm, I have an idea. And this is where I wrote down, oh, the town's gonna save the lodge. <laughs> yeah. And then when they get back from that, the only note I have written down is, womp, womp, mistletoe, almost kiss. <laughs> Yeah, as they're walking back in, they find Mistletoe, which I have to assume that Alejandra and Avi worked together to put up. Absolutely. And they're about to kiss, and then they're like, wait, but what if in what if in your your life with memories you're with someone? I don't wanna I don't wanna accidentally like force you to cheat on someone if you're with someone. And she's like, Ah, good point. <laughs> we don't wanna feel bad about kissing each other. And so they don't go for it, and I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where I was hollering about how like, ah, come on, just kiss already, and scared my cat. <laughs> it's time for a fundraiser, by which I mean Sarah pitches Jake the idea of, what if we invite people who have stayed at the lodge to come back and visit for the Christmas season, pull a white Christmas, and have a flashback party, and maybe we ask for a little donation to keep the lodge running, but the important thing is bringing people back for the memories. Mm-hmm. and. Jake says, what if I don't want to save the lodge because this has been so much work and investment and I have so many bad memories? And she's like, but what about the good ones? And he says, what do you know about memories? You don't have any. Bruh. That's too far, bruh. It is. And because he is a good man and played by Cordover Street, he immediately apologizes for closing himself off to joy. And then Alejandra comes in and gives him a pep talk. About how it's okay to let go. Like, you can make new memories. It's okay. Making new memories with Sarah is not going to remove the memory of your late wife, Carla, from your life. You are just making new memories and you are taking care of yourself, which is what she would want. (laughs) And they have a hug. And uh, Jake is tearing up and Cord is so good. And then Sarah tries to white fang herself. (laughs) (laughs) She truly does. Avi is like, oh, what are we going to do next? And Sarah's like, actually, I have to go because my presence here is just causing your father and my love interest so much pain. (laughs) And then he comes out of the office with the angel Christmas tree topper. And he's ready to open himself up to joy. And they put up the angel. (laughs) And then it's time for a Christmas party. Hand out invitations. And it's set for Christmas Eve. I wonder what else is happening on Christmas Eve. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, which is the next day. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's also true. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then my note here is just the Bean Boys camp out for the night. God bless Ralph, because <laughs> like there's this whole thing where they're eating, and Ralph makes canned beans for Tad, who treats it as God's gift to humanity. Except that the beans are spicy, and so he pushes snow in his mouth to handle the spiciness. And it's been a long time since we saw the Bean Boys, <laughs> so who knows what they've gotten up to. Wank wonk. Womp womp. Mistletoe kiss. <laughs> who knows. But then we cut to- we cut back up to Simon Belmont, who has arrived at his hotel, because it is Christmas Eve, and he gets in, and he asks Terry, the head of the Glam Squad, I, is, is Sierra okay? I have, I've been trying to call her, but she hasn't been picking up. And he says, we don't know where he- where she is. And he says- Excuse me, where the fuck is my daughter? <laughs> and uh, he immediately takes the correct route, which is, 
which is like go talk to the missing persons department at the police office like get the word out we need to find her where did she go (laughs) y'all are gonna lose your jobs (laughs) because you concealed from your boss his daughter's disappearance for at this point three days (laughs) yeah it's okay terry won't need a job by the end of the movie (laughs) and then we cut to the sheriff who is doing a wellness check i guess and finds Ralph's truck abandoned and dead in the snow. Oh, no, he's not doing a he's not doing a wellness check on account of the fact that first off he's the sheriff, so a cab. Second off, when yeah, he true. when he finds like Ralph's truck out in the boonies with the note saying that it was dead and they're going through the pass on foot, he sees the ice shack and immediately says, "Oh, Ralph's been poaching again. Let's arrest him." Yeah, and then <laughs> then we cut to we cut back to North Star Lodge where it's time for the party, and Alejandra bought Sarah a dress and shoes to wear because she was debating between which ugly sweater she was going to wear. <laughs> but Sarah is like, you don't have, you shouldn't have bought me this dress, you don't have to. And Alejandra's like, but I want to! Because you are a nice person, and also you make my son-in-law smile. And they have a nice hug, which is great, because they're good people. And then we cut to the police station, where the sheriff, or one of the deputies, brings Ralph and Tad in. <laughs> And Ralph is in handcuffs, Tad is not. And then Simon Beaumont uh, walks in and he's like, Tad? Tad? And (laughs) Tad is like, father-in-law! And he's like, excuse me, what the fuck? (laughs) And so he takes Tad into his care. And after Tad says that Ralph is his best friend and something like, I'll never forget you or the time we had or something along those lines. They decide to let Ralph go for Christmas. <laughs> and also the sheriff knows where Sierra is. <laughs> and speaking of her, we then cut to Sarah walking down the stairs at the lodge in a very pretty red dress. And Jake goes, wowee. She's pretty. <laughs> and then Alejandra is like, okay, Abby, let's go make some more hors d'oeuvres. And Jake is like, but I thought we had enough hors d'oeuvres already. And she's like, let's go make more hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> And Abby's like, oh, okay. And they give them some privacy. (laughs) And Sarah is in a very pretty red dress. And Cord is in a very nice, it looks like a suede black suit. And they have a little slow, they have a little slow dance to test test out the dance floor. Hoo hoo. (laughs) To have yourself a merry little Christmas, which I will, I, I have always remembered as partially a sad Christmas song because of the musical uh meet me in st louis (laughs) but it's very cute and they almost start to lean in for a kiss but then they get cock blocked by the mayor (laughs) (laughs) and then all of the other guests for the party end up following the mayor in and we see some shots where they're having a fun party and then eventually everyone is i guess done enough with the food and they're hanging out and it's time for a speech but jake can't do a speech good (laughs) yeah exactly also, I've been talking a lot. Feel free to cut back in whenever you want. <laughs> no, good. You're you're on a roll. Okay. But as as Jake is standing there floundering and Sarah is trying to coach him through like, hey, like, here's what you should say. The I think I forget who it is, but one of the one of the townspeople steps up with a story about how Jake has helped the town and the lodge. And he hands Jake I think it's he, he hands Jake some money, and then another couple steps up and they mention like when we got married, we were we, we had no money to spend on a honeymoon, and so Jake put them up in the best suite in the lodge 
for free. And so then they contribute money as well. And everyone steps up to chip in some money and everyone is crying. And the mayor also mentions that they proposed to the city council to make the lodge a historic site. I don't know what that does, but it sounds promising. <laughs> it's like, gives you d- d- tax write-off, I think, and like funding in the city budget to help maintain the situation. Oh, nice. That sounds good. And Jake is like, I don't, I don't know what to say. And something about like, but I couldn't have done any of this without the woman responsible for all of this. And he goes to introduce her as Sarah. But then, of course, fucking of course, Tad rushes in with Sarah, my fiance. <laughs> yeah, her and her dad is there too, and mm-hmm. she starts to recognize her dad. And then Tad pulls out the shitty ass ring. And she recognizes him too, and she's like, yes, and then we're on the mountaintop, and I fell off. And she doesn't quite click like, yeah, fell off because Tad's a ding-dong, and I should not be with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, okay, anyways, bye. I guess I'm gonna go be Sierra now. See ya. Yeah. Av- Avi is very sad, and she tries to say, like, oh, like, Sarah, don't go. And Sierra tries to say, like, thank you so much for taking care of me. I will never, f- like, I will always remember like, the good care that you took of me while I was here and recovering from my amnesia! And Jake says, no, it's okay. Just forget it. Ah! (laughs) Anyways, the next morning, Sierra's waking up, and as she does so, she has a romantic memory montage, just in case you weren't sure who the real love interest (laughs) is in this movie. Just in case you weren't paying attention to the last hour and change. (laughs) Exactly. She, She makes her bed... And invites the glam squad in, and they're like, yo, what the fuck, have you been body snatch girl? <laughs> One of her stylists is like, this was just flown in from Milan. And Sarah's like, mm-hmm. mm, I'm gonna go simple today. And they're like, oh god. Oh, and fun fact. Uh, that stylist, the one, the, the main stylist besides Terry, uh, was played by Lindsay Lohan's sister. Oh, good for her. Yeah. And then we cut to Sarah, who is dressed in a very nice white shirt and jeans. Like a dressy white shirt. And they're like, where did she go? And then they find her in the kitchen where she makes her own breakfast. And it's like the, it's like the restaurant deal with like, it's a pan, it's two pancakes with eggs for eyes and a bacon smile. Yep. And everyone is like, yo, you can cook? Oh yeah, Tad is there. Tad looks like he's dressing like. (laughs) (laughs) He's a villain. He's got like. The hair gelled to one side. It looks like he should be in some kind of British military uniform, but it's like the Mm -hmm, fast fashion mm -hmm. version of that. He's got some kind of brooch that's like a medallion with chains coming out of it to brooch elsewhere on his shirt. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Sarah shoves bacon in his mouth to get him to be quiet while they go off to the press conference. Mm -hmm. She gives bacon to him and Terry. (laughs) Here's here's one one more thing I want to say. So I was... I was willing to believe that no one in the town of Summit Springs recognized Sierra because, like, you can't recognize, you're not going to look at someone and immediately clock them as an influencer. Like, just because your whole job is being popular doesn't mean that everyone is going to know you. Mm -hmm. And I was also under the impression that, like, she wasn't famous enough for people to, like, think about maybe that's Sierra uh, Belmont, that person I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she is famous enough for them to have a whole press conference about it... Mm -hmm. But then again, you call a press conference. The press doesn't call a press conference. I could call a press conference if I wanted to. I'd be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I feel like this is also kind of like the Clark Kent rule. You know, like, 
The only difference between Superman and Clark Kent is whether he's standing up straight wearing glasses or not. <laughs> That's true. And also because for the people of Summit Springs around the North Star Lodge, like even for the, even for the teenagers in town who use social media, they're probably like, oh, Sierra Belmont, the fancy lady from up the mountain, she would never be seen dead in our little town. Exactly. The implausibility is important, too. Exactly. It'd be like if you saw your favorite celebrity, Claire Back- Blackwelder, you, if you saw her on the street, <laughs> you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, it's Claire from Power Rangers. You'd be like, oh wow, that person looks a lot like Claire from Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I would leave them to their own business because- Exactly. Because <laughs> I'm not like that. Uh, anyways, uh, meanwhile, it's Christmas at the North Star. Everyone's happy about the presents, and Alejandra's like, the, yeah, the spirit of generosity was nice, but also we may, still may not last past next Christmas. But, you know, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're watching the press conference, and the very first thing Sarah does is give a shout-out to Jake and the North Star Lodge for nursing her back to health. Mm-hmm. And then Tad seizes control, and declares that he is once again taking her to a secondary location because that went so well the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we are going to go celebrate our engagement off the radar. In the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake gets mad, so he turns off the TV. And Alejandro goes to check on something. Something. But it, it gives Jake and Avi a few seconds where she's like, Dad, my Christmas tree wish was for you to have someone to take care of you like you take care of us. Well, you shouldn't have said anything because it still hasn't come true. Now you've ruined it. (laughs) Dumb kid. (laughs) Look, she's doing her best. Rookie mistake. (laughs) But you know what else is a rookie mistake? Is that Jake mentions like, oh, I thought maybe Sarah could be that. But no, she's actually, she could never have the time for somebody like me. And Abby's like, did you tell her that you like her? And he's like, no. And she's like, let's go tell her! So they go to the snowmobile. It's It's broken. (laughs) But then what's this? Real Santa has gifted them with his magic sleigh! (laughs) And Balthazar to the rescue! Yep. And this is the point where I should mention that my notes are just in all caps from this point going forward. (laughs) Up at the top of the mountain, uh, Sierra turns down the job with her dad because she wants to take care of herself instead of him taking care of her all the time. And he says, your mom would be so proud of you. And they have a nice hug because, look, they really, like, they do care. They've always cared about each other, but it's nice that he's affirming her in her non-rich and famous motivations. He's just glad that she doesn't have to go into the family business of hunting vampires. (laughs) And at the bottom of the mountain, oh, unless you had something else to say. No, I was probably going to say the same thing as you, which is Go the next it. thing in the story. <laughs> at the back of the bottom of the mountain. Okay, actually, no, I don't think they're at the bottom of it. I think they're both at around the same point in the mountain because they're a ski lodge. Like, it's said the North Star doesn't have a gondola, so they must be located either higher on the mountain or they just have like a, a bus to get people up higher so they can ski back down. I was basing that on on how far down the mountain uh, Sierra and Tad fell at the start of the movie. (laughs) But they were also explicitly going up the mountain. Mm, Good point. I mean, I guess it's a metaphorical top and bottom of the mountain. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah. Um, anyways, back at North Star, Alejandra answers the phone and she books some guests, but then she has them hold because she got to book another guest, but then she got to hold because more guests, because more guests, and more guests, and then she has to put them on hold to call Jake, and she's like, Jake, my boy, we've sold out. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, well, you did actually finish getting people's credit card information, so maybe stop putting them all on hold and circle back so that you can actually be sold out. <laughs> but yeah, it's a Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she even says that, like, flat out, which is great. Because it's like, yeah, hey, Christmas miracles are coming true left and right. And you know what else is a Christmas miracle? (laughs) Homos- well, bisexuals. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so Sierra goes up to Tad, and she's like, Tad, you're a perfectly acceptable man, but we're not right for each other. Here's your ring back. And Tad is like, oh, can I post about this? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Sierra leaves to, you know, think about life. Mm-hmm. And Tad immediately sees Glam Squad Terry. Who is coming out with his coat to like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry you have to leave so soon. Here's your coat. And Tad goes, what are your plans for New Year's Eve? <laughs> this is the part in my notes where I just put, what the hell did the Bean Boys get up to? <laughs> And I'm happy, Glam Squad Terry, I'm happy for you, but uh, Tad Ralph OTP, I'm sorry. (laughs) Unless they're gonna go pick him up on their way to an undisclosed location. (laughs) God, that'd be wild. And then Jake and Abby pull up in the sleigh. Abby makes sure to fix Jake's hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he sees the Tad mobile, and he stops Mm -hmm. it and runs up to the window, and he gives a whole speech... (laughs) He just thinks Sierra must be in there to run off with Tad. But then the window rolls down and it's Tad and Glam Squad Terry. And he's like, sorry, not for me. Goodbye. (laughs) Ta-ta. And like, in the short amount of time that it took, Tad has already gotten Terry an outfit change. (laughs) It's true, they're matching now. They are. And then look, who's standing next to the hotel doors? (laughs) It's real Santa! <laughs> it's real Santa! He's like, I think you need to go to the back courtyard. And he does, and Sarah's just vibing. She's like, uh-huh. who am I, and what have I become? <laughs> and then Jake runs over and he tells her, like, hey, thanks to your, thanks to you giving us a shout out, uh, social media has worked in our favor, and the North Star is now sold out. And this is a cute part, because she invites him to spend holidays with her. And... Uh, also mentions, like, maybe you're gonna need some help with, uh, running the lodge. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, my other problem is that I've got this mistletoe, but I bump my head, and I can't remember the Christmas tradition associated with it. <laughs> and she just picks it out of his hands, hucks it away, and they have a kiss! And it's, it's fun. And then her dad shows up and is like, also I'm going to invest in your lodge too, because you saved my daughter, and I guess they're now clearly dating her, and you're a more competent man than Tad, clearly. By leagues. And welcome to the family! Now how good are you with a chain whip? What? Well, that's the one that the Belmonts use, is a big chain whip. <sighs> My brain went to, like, Anyways, snow fuck, chains. Anyways, fuck your stinger sequel hook. It's time for a blooper reel. Oh, God, it's a blooper reel. I miss them so much. And, like, I just, I don't know what kind of freak takes notes on a loop reel. It's me. Because my favorite one <laughs> was the one where, in in the movie, the actual shot is when Sierra pulls the angel out and shows it oh to Jake. God. 
But in this one, she like it breaks and she just gets the hand. So she's holding up this little plastic hand. She's like, it's so beautiful. Why don't you put it on the tree? <laughs> I got a screenshot of it. <laughs> oh, good. To me, it looked like it was one of those like, like the fake baby hands that were popular when Donald <laughs> Trump was president. From the Lawrence Welk show. <laughs> yeah. And from the Saturday Night Live skit with two knees. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's just, uh, the the bloopers, they look like they're all having so much fun. Because it's like, oh, a cord over street in the scene where, like, where Jake ran into Sierra and spilled his hot chocolate. Jake over, <laughs> cord over street is just like eating the whipped cream from the hot chocolate off of his hand. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. After like, mmm, whipped cream. Mmm, <laughs> cocoa. <laughs> and like. There's lots of them just laughing too much to start a take properly. And yeah. the the actor who plays the dad, whose name I didn't grab, like saying like, look, I need you to stop the guy impressively lifting weights behind me because he's stealing the thunder from my shot. Like funny, like jokingly, you know. Oh, he's a soap opera guy. I looked just a little up. Peter Jack Wagner II has had roles on General Hospital, Santa Barbara, Bold and Beautiful, and Melrose Place. Nice. So it's just all of them. <laughs> Every soap. Heck yeah, get that money. Oh, and he was also a contestant on season 14 of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, nice. That wasn't Amber season, was that? They came in 11th place. Oh. Anyways, that's the film. Before we get into our our bests and worst, I would just like to let you know that this is part of a two-picture deal Lohan signed with uh, Netflix because (gasps) she really wants to make more rom-coms with them. And the second one is called Irish Wish. Oh, she's going to Ireland. It'll just be now, like that. Now, tra- tragically, the love interest is not Damien McGinty in this. <laughs> we truly could have come full circle. I bet it's going to be just like that one movie, Leap Year, that I think Amy Adams starred in. Oh, dang. I bet it will. It sounds like it. I'll watch but it. But yeah, I th- I know it was only a two-picture deal, but honestly, it, it was, this was good enough and kid enough that I fully accept a Netflix rom-com with Lindsay Lohan for every every holiday. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have some trivia, too, about this. Give me some trivia. So as far as music goes, uh, I was looking at the soundtrack in the credits, and there is a version of Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Bag, you know, the song about Santa. I assumed it was about Delibird. Ah, <laughs> uh, Delibird. <laughs> but the version used in the movie is by Darren Chris. <laughs> Oh, what do you know? It's like it's a Glee reference or something. <laughs> it's an inside get. <laughs> and there also apparently Cord had a song on the soundtrack too called Everybody Loves Christmas, which I'm guessing was a song they were pl- he was playing during carol singing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Also, Lindsay Lohan and her husband got engaged on set. Not like during the actual filming, but like while they were at the locations to film. He proposed, and they have since gotten married. Yay, good for them. So, in regards to the Jingle Bell Rock sequence, Lindsay Lohan thought it would be fun to just do, like, Jingle Bell Rock in the one scene as a bit, but she didn't know they would make her sing the whole thing for the sake of the soundtrack, which they did. Oh, dang. <laughs> she also wanted to do a dance sequence, like, to, to reference Mean Girls, but uh, the studio nixed it. Oh, man. And the one that was the most surprising to me Initially, when they were casting, the studio asked Cord Overstreet to audition for the role of Tad. 
That is baffling. Yeah, like, how do you look at Cordover Street and not immediately go, oh, he's the good love interest? (laughs) But also at the same time, I would have loved to have seen him playing, like, the overwrought social media superstar. (laughs) He would have had a lot of fun with that. He would have had fun, but he would not have been the right pick. No. Well, yeah. Also, they dedicated the movie to the Simon Belmont's actor. You just looked up his name. Why? Did he pass away during filming? I don't think his son passed away during filming, but he passed away recently enough that they wanted to dedicate it to him. Oh, ah, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad, but it's a nice little tribute, and it sounds like their family is doing some is doing some charity work in his name as well, so good for them. I'm sorry for their loss, but I'm glad they're doing something positive. <laughs> he did not pass away. What? The the younger son. Oh, the son. I thought you said the actor. No, not the actor. No, the son. Okay. Yeah, his son. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> do we want to do best worst MVP? I mean, we we, sh- we should, but also, what there uh, was there a Gold Star song? <laughs> Gold Star song was Lindsay Lohan singing Jingle Bell Rock for the first time in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's go with that. Do you want to nominate a best or worst? Bad. Uh, I think. I think I think the best part is the fact that mm, I don't know, I think it's attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? Um, I think best is that it was just a genuinely enjoyable movie. Like I had a lot of fun watching it. This is a movie where I don't know if I would want to show this to my family, but I will show it to my friends. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll tie them down and force them to watch it. Absolutely. Um, what was the worst part? Was it that the Bean Boys didn't get together? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i can pick a worse part maybe the editing i'm just because i got hung up on it i think the worst part is that jingle by rock didn't make a second appearance <laughs> it's setup and payoff you gotta do the setup and the payoff come on ron and jeff ah <laughs> uh, fair but yeah that's that's the the christmas movie that we fell for but it's not the only Christmas special we're gonna Christmas <laughs> special because we decide fuck it, let's do two of these jokers. Look, twenty twenty two has been a year, so we need double the Christmas, double mm-hmm. the flavor. Mm-hmm. So next time we're gonna be watching another Christmas movie, which will feature again two glee actors. And you can watch it on Tubi, which is free. You don't even need a Netflix account for it. <laughs> so y'all before the next episode y'all can go watch santa fake mm-hmm. and that's 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 it episode episode done anyways <laughs> should we count down let's count down three two one and, and that's, that's what, what you, you didn't missed miss on, on glee Netflix's Lindsay lohan's the death of stalin for christmas <laughs> tis the season just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love the show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me